Hey, how's it going? Welcome. This is uh, this is Good Smell Flannel. This is a comedy podcast. My name's Steve. I am the guy that does the stuff on it. Um, thanks for tuning in. I got a hat on tonight. It's a new thing. We're trying. Um, hope that doesn't mess things up. All right, so the last episode was bad. Um, the last episode is bad, but this one... This one's good, or, uh, okay, it was, it was gonna be good, but, you know, after tonight's betrayal, after the, uh, betrayal I went through, I'm not so sure. Okay, so as most of you know, um, this podcasting thing I just kind of do just kind of as a goof just killing time but uh, in my main passion in life the main thing I'm into is of course uh, the theater you know the real raw the real raw underground uncompromising <laughs> way off Broadway theater yes that's right okay and so for the last few months I've been working on a real raw new project um, I've been so I've been producing and directing an original script which I also wrote called anger things uh, it's kind of a kind of a hip cool kind of underground mashup of the hit Netflix series stranger things with um, the 2003 film anger management starring Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson uh, which I have not seen, incidentally, um, although the, their Wikipedia entry is pretty thorough. And thank you, it is very exciting, and I am very excited, but it's also very top secret. And yeah, maybe I got a little carried away a few weeks ago during a business lunch. Spilled the beans to my, my good friend Darren, who I who I thought was my good friend, Darren, who it, it turns out is actually a backstabber and a liar and a thief. And although I didn't realize at the time my uh, accidental, innocent bean spilling may have been leading to a backstabbing, my own. Okay, so flash forward to earlier this evening. Anger Things is now in a dress rehearsal, getting ready for our big world debut next Friday. And man, seeing Eleven Sandler in makeup, in, dra- in, the, in the dress, in the bald cap, things are really starting to feel like they're coming together. Our, our Jack Nicholson is uh, really getting close he is almost getting very very so near to a, a Jack Nicholson impression it's really he's he's right there it's so um, so yeah things are really coming together so after rehearsal I walk outside the theater where I work 
I look up at the theater across the street from where I work, where my, where my good friend Darren works, look up at the marquee to his theater. Oh, what's that? Oh, they're premiering his play, Danger Things, a mashup of the hit Netflix series Stranger Things with the uh, 1986 Kenny Loggins hit song, Danger Zone. And it's premiering this Friday. Oh, wow, where'd you get the idea for that one, Darren? Where'd you get the idea to mash up a really hit, uh, relevant Netflix show, Stranger Things, with an even more relevant pop culture reference to make a hilarious uh, hit underground, raw, uh, off, way off Broadway uh, production? Where'd you come up with that one? That's... <laughs> yeah. So I went inside and watched for a second. And I got a hand it to them. Uh, it's not bad. They uh, they got a lot out of that three-minute song. I I didn't think there was a lot of raw material in like a, in, in like a three-minute pop song, but I was kind of impressed. They got a lot. Found a lot of story in it, and a lot of drama. They really pull it off. But you know what, Darren? my so-called good friend turned also really bitter enemy and now revealed to be a backstabbing liar thief. Darren, you know what? Anger Things has a little something you're flashy, shiny, exciting play doesn't. And I'm not talking about my four beautiful sons who are all the same age and play the, the four messed up looking Stranger Things kids. I'm also talking about a little thing called Heart. Ever heard of it? Yeah. And yeah, you know what? Maybe my, maybe my original songs aren't as catchy. Aren't as catchy as a Kenny Loggins hit. But you know what? If not being able to write as catchiest song is Kenny Loggins is a crime well I hope you got a real big jail cell Darren I hope you got a real big jail cell because there's gonna be needing you're gonna be needing a lot of room in it for people Darren and finally if anyone out there listening can do like an okay Jack Nicholson, like a somewhat passable Jack Nicholson, uh, email me. Please, like if you if you have sunglasses, if you can, uh, if you can smile with both sides of your face. If you can move your eyebrows at all, uh, I cannot emphasize enough uh, how low the bar is right now. Good God. So the other day I was reading this article in a journal uh, about a new 
a new thing they're doing, a new phenomenon people are doing called uh, friend zoning. Uh, yeah, friend zoning. Um, so what it is kind of is um, it's when one person kind of uh, cruelly captures another person and keeps them uh, in this zone, his zone just for friends and doesn't let him out of that. Doesn't let him out of that zone. I'm getting all right. So you guys know how I'm on here. I'm always talking about the uh, on this podcast. I'm talking about the uh, Chicago alternative comedy scene. I'm always kind of dishing out uh, scoops on it, talking about the behind the scenes dirt, uh, finding you the new gossip and the new drama. And I love that, and I'm always dishing it out, um, kind of from the perspective of a normal, cool guy, small town guy, um, very relatable, moving from the small town everywhere USA to the big city, trying to become the most famous and the most funny comedian in the scene, and that's what it's all about and that's what we're doing on the show and now here it is time to dish out some of that gossip we all love hearing about so I've been doing open mics for a couple months now in the city and I'm sorry but I gotta say a lot of these people booking the shows these um gatekeepers, these uh, people deciding, these these uh, star makers saying, hey, kid, you're on the show, you're the next, they're ch- chomping their cigars and saying, mm, hey, kid, you're the next big star, and this guy is not, and they're the ones holding the purse strings saying, who gets to be who in the city of big comedians where we are? And I'm sorry. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. But you know what? I gotta say something. It, from what I've found over the last couple months doing open mics, it seems like a lot of these people booking shows, uh, a lot of these people booking shows, uh, it seems like they're only booking the funniest people the funniest comedians and not the people who are really nice and chill and hang out for six hours before the show is trying to go on and who are their friends these people the friendly people they're saying hey we're gonna keep you in the friend zone They take these other people for granted and say, hey, we're just going to keep you in the friend zone. Meanwhile, all the funny people get to be on the shows. All the funniest people who get the big laughs. Meanwhile, everyone else is just getting friend zoned all over the place. Because they only want the funniest people. And you know what the worst part is? Uh, After the shows... They only want to hang out socially and uh, 
go to parties and have dinner with and casual conversations and stuff, they're also choosing just the funniest people. So all these nice comedians are getting excluded from that too. It's like they're getting double friend-zoned. And, and, and so all of these nice comedians who are friendly and who are in the friend zone, hey, who, who maybe you never thought, hey, uh, maybe we want a chance for once um, to be funny and famous comedians and have people actually laugh at us and not just look around awkwardly for four minutes during our sets. Maybe we'd like to go to parties and dinners and have a, have a normal, casual conversation without all the unfounded assumptions about, uh, you know, the frequency of hair washing, for example. And actually, you know what? Shampoo is actually a scam, and that's been debunked. That's, there's articles about that, so even asking that stuff is just showing your own ignorance and maybe think about that before you go around friend zoning people. ago in a small town this is a small town normal guy doing stand-up comedy and uh, when I first started I, f- I felt like I wanted to I wanted to say something you know I wanted to, I wanted to make my voice heard I wanted to ch- change the world I had ideas in me I knew I had stuff in me that needed expressing I feel like people just need to hear it and then my own unique perspective on the world that just needed to be heard and it would really it would really mean something so the first year or so I was kind of just trying to figure out you know how to be on stage how to be uh, comfortable in front of people how to adjust the mic stand without looking like an idiot uh, just really basic stuff like that in the second year the second year I was doing stand-up it was kind of like, um, how can I put my own spin on this? How can I, how can I put myself into every performance? So I started to look back through my life, all the memories I had, all the most embarrassing, most personal stuff, most humiliating incidents in my life. Anything like that I could find, I would just put it all into my act. Just go up on stage and fucking spill my guts out every night. Leave it, leave it all out there on the stage. Every night. And you know what? 
uh, frankly, I fucking killed it. Every single night. But after all that, uh, what do you have left? You know? So the third year, I think. Fine, forget it. Forget all the personal stuff. I'm gonna distance myself from the jokes as much as possible. Focus on the, the jokes in and of themselves. I, I construct these intricate, delicate little puzzles full of delight. Uh, these looping back around in themselves and spiraling into themselves and nestling into themselves and I'd set them up on stage and let them go like a like a Swiss watch, like a 18th century automata, like a like a Rube Goldberg machine. I just let them go and stand back to the amusement of all. But that gets tiring. And and it's not like you're 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 not actually saying anything. You're not actually doing anything. It doesn't mean anything. You get tired of that. And you get bored of that. And you find yourself not even knowing why you're doing it. What's funny about any of this? What you're what what are you saying? What is the point? What are you even making jokes about? Jokes about jokes. Like why is this funny? What is you can't even remember what funny is. The only thing you can think of that you feel strongly about, you need to express to people is like, uh, what's the deal with ordering at Chipotle? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing any of this? What are you trying to say? And you find yourself laying in bed another sleepless night, uh, staring down at the blank page of your life you know you're, you're pushing mid-30s now you're uh you're right on the the real upper edge of the early 30s right on the edge kind of just on the on that precipice of the mid-30s and you started all this trying to because you thought you had something to say you wanted to say something at some point you have to come to the conclusion, based on all evidence. Maybe you have nothing inside you. Maybe you, maybe you have nothing to say. Maybe there is no great work of art swimming around inside your skull trying to get out. Maybe you have no ideas worth expressing. Maybe you just have nothing to say. How could you not come to this conclusion? How could this how could this not occur to you? I mean, based on all the evidence, in all probability, uh, at this point in your life, upper crest of early 30s, wouldn't you have created something, anything of any value at this point? Especially for those of us who are so um, multi-talented, skilled in skilled in so many areas, uh, you know, 
comedy and podcasts and online and visual arts and comics and um etc and uh yet still at this upper edge of the early 30s you still haven't even accomplished a single thing in your life worth anything And all this shit is running through your head over and over as you're laying in bed, hour after hour. Starts to get light outside, outside your window. And the one question, the one undeniable, unescapable question looming in your mind that you keep coming back to is why when you're ordering a Chipotle why does the guy ask all the all the things at once when he's still before he gets to them You know, you walk in to order Chipotle and you're like, hey, um, you finally get to the front of the line, you say, bowl to go. And he says, okay, what kind of rice? And you say, brown rice. And he says, what kind of beans? And um, you say, okay, uh, black beans. Uh, what kind of meat? Um, you say, you say barbacoa or whatever. Meanwhile, he's still, he's still fumbling with the lid, with the bowl. He's trying to get those off the stack. He puts the rice in, then he's like, uh, you said pinto beans? No, man. I know I didn't say frickin' pinto beans. Never in my life have I said frickin' pinto beans. Uh, maybe just ask me when you get to the bean thing. When you get to the bean spoon, uh, maybe just ask me what kind of beans I want then. We wouldn't have to play this weird game of telephone where you try to uh, interrogate the unreliable narrator of your memory. Figure out what kind of beans I wanted. And hey, no offense to the guy, because I know you're like a minimum wage slave who isn't paid enough to like care about me at all or pay attention to what you're doing or uh, give a shit about any of this stuff. But like, but like, hey, man. Uh. If your brain doesn't have enough RAM, uh, human brains being basically exactly analogous to the uh, personal computer as far as the uh, parts of each go. Uh, Hey man, if your brain doesn't have enough RAM to store the full data of my order, uh, maybe ease up on the gas a little. Again, computers and uh, automobiles being, again, perfectly analogous to each other. As far as sharing perfectly corresponding parts, as well as the system as a whole, sharing a common architecture, um, cars and computers, that is. Maybe ease up on the gas a little there, partner. Maybe shift it down a gear. 
because hey man I'm just trying to get some uh, premium fast casual fuel in my fuel tank and I don't need any damn pinto beans uh, downloading into the malware for my mainframe compadre how does that sound? And at the end of the day, isn't that what comedy is all about? Really bad tortured analogies that don't make any sense. And uh, yelling at customer service employees. Isn't that what it's all about? Thanks, that's the end. <laughs>